Godzilla? Godzilla, <laughs> um, again, I kind of didn't see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brunch! Hit it, boys! Boy, I've been looking forward to this one for longer than a week, probably. It's like in like in my like the I knew I loved you before I met you kind of thing. Yeah, like I've had this episode circled fully for, because of Ma, right? We just we have so much. Not to be like, hey, we got a loaded show for you tonight. We got, <laughs> we got from Ma, we got Octavia Spencer from Rocketman. You guys seeing this? We got Aiden Gillen. Aiden Gillen's gonna be here. That's gonna be really cool. Who's Aiden Gillen? Uh, is he the guy from? He's I think that, that right. Aiden Gillen. He plays. Uh, who does he play? Oh no, Aiden. I'm confusing Aiden Gillen. Uh, Aiden Gillen is in Bohemian Rhapsody playing John Reed. Tough year for John Reed. <laughs> a lot of movies coming out where people are like, hey, John Reed's either really soft or he's a huge asshole. Yep. So, uh, yeah, Aiden Gillen's the guy from The Wire, right? Um, he plays uh, Carcetti? Carcetti? I think. And he, there's him and there's somebody that looks just like him. And one of them is in, like, Lord of the Rings, I think. Not Lord of the Rings. Uh, what's your stupid one? Game of Thrones? The one that only you like. Yeah, that he's one. He's also in that show. So I think it's all the same guy. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Oh, man, I've been getting him confused with the other guy forever. <laughs> He's been... Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Aiden about that. <laughs> That'll be a... Uh, hey, so people get you confused for uh, for yourself sometimes. What was like? That guy in the Game of Thrones really looks like you. You ever meet that guy? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Ever go to an audition? <laughs> Next on Ira and the Douche. Yeah, exactly. Ever go to an audition? You walk in, you see that guy from Game of Thrones is sitting there. Like, what, are what are you doing here? Come on, man. Come on, man. This is the only, only, only ruin in this town for one, one of us. Yeah, so we do have a packed show. We've got, uh, we're talking Ma. We're yeah. talking, uh, we actually saw three movies between the three, three of us. Three movies. The three of us. Yes. No. Between both of us. No, that's why I said it. three movies between the three of us. And I I don't know why I said the three of us, but this is the listener map too. episode so <laughs> yes. far. We're counting one guy as two guys, yep. three ep- or two guys as three guys. Uh, we saw Ma, Godzilla, and uh, Rocket Man. Yes. And man, I got thoughts. I got big thoughts on all three. Actually, in order. I got, I got big thoughts on two of them, and then one big thought on the third one. Godzilla, uh, really, there's one main takeaway. But uh, which which should we jump in for? I do have a a little story before we get into the the movies. Okay. Uh, Well, Ma's definitely going to be, I feel like, the uh, the headliner here. Ma's the ultimate brunch movie. So we'll save that one for last. Ooh. And we'll do Godzilla first because I think that'll be somewhat quick. Okay. And then we'll get into Rocket Man. But uh, let's hear this story first. Uh, This was a classic. The whole time it was happening, I was like... Get me to the next episode of Brunch. Uh, maybe I'm overselling it, but it was just like a funny, for the first time in a while, like a, this is a funny, ridiculous thing that's happening to me, and I can't wait to dis- discuss it. Um, long story short, uh, had a dealing with an underage person at a bar. Ooh. I didn't know that that really happens. It does. It's really? A, yeah, in this, in this climate, it's a very problematic issue. Okay, so uh, it's, a, it's a rising, rising it's issue with mo- yeah, an epidemic with millennials. 
With millennials, so us yes, or yeah. generation oh, that we have was, to deal with. Yes, yes. Yeah. Are millennials uh, are millennials ruining kids sneaking into bars? <laughs> yeah. Millennials ruining underage drinking for children. What's the generation after the, this? I've asked this a million generation times. X, generation X, yeah. or something. I, um, I got to carry the tradition of shitting on the generation after me and acting like they're the problem. Yes, that is something that every other generation has been doing for a while. Um, so we're in a bar. Someone comes up to us, and um, I'm, I'm not with anybody young. We are all adults. There is like very on brand for this. By the way, very on brand for this episode because Maz surrounds underage drinking. That is true. Yeah. Adults just interacting with children. <laughs> except here was the twist. Here, uh, this time the adults didn't want to be around the children. Ma, very different. Um, so. Uh, a girl comes over to our table, and again, this is like we're old people, all in our thirties, husbands, wives, whole shebang. Uh, she walks over and she says, "Hey, uh, I have a question. When you were in school, didn't you think there were four oceans?" And we were like, "Yes, because there are." And she was like, "Well, there there are five, and we can't. I'm, I can't think of the fifth. It's driving me nuts." I was like, well, there's only four, so that's probably your issue. And my, we, we humored her. We were like, all right, uh, Indian, uh, Pacific, uh, Atlantic, Atlantic, and Arctic. Arctic. There you go. And she was like, no, no, no. Like there is, uh, I'm in school right now, and there are five, and I can't think of the fifth. And I was, I was like, maybe they made Pluto an ocean that needed something to do, but the, there are four, and we were all like in agreement. Like, there are four. Good Have for nice you. Time. Good for you guys. Because if somebody said that to me, I would be like, um, "Yeah, maybe there's a fifth. I, I don't know. I'm so far removed from ever thinking about that." I didn't know if this was an underage person, but I was like, "This is a person who's probably not as smart as us, and we're not very <laughs> smart." Uh, so she kept talking to us, and we were like, "Does." She have a, a group and everything, and then we saw that she had a group, and we were like, okay, so she's she's at least like safe. She wh- right. whatever. Um, and then after a while, I I like zone out of this. I quit this conversation immediately. The Bruins were on. I was watching it. I was also uh, very sober. I was nursing one drink, and I was like, I, I don't feel like interacting with this person. Okay. Um, and then eventually, she says. Uh, yeah, so that whole ocean thing was a trick. I learned it from a barstool podcast, Ooh. and I was like, "Okay, what was the what's, yeah? What's the what's the, what's the, the end game here? What's the trick?" And she was like, "Oh, I get one of you guys to buy me a drink," and we were like, "Oh no, none of us are uh, none of us are interested in anything." <laughs> and again, like, there's like this is just like a bunch of husbands and wives, and. Uh, no, thank you. Have a great time. <laughs> and she was like, I guarantee you, I'm going to get one of you guys to buy me a drink. And we were like, all right, like, have, please, like. Taken voice. Okay. Good luck. Um, and then she said, she was like, it's just that uh, guys play a lot of games, and sometimes you got to play the game back. And that's I don't. I, I don't. Agree. I don't. I don't like. I mean, I don't hate that that line. I agreed with her. Yeah. That, and this is when I re-entered the conversation. I was like definitely agree with that statement but is there like a scam going on where guys are tricking young girls into buying them drinks because that's what you're doing right yeah guys play games but they end up losing money right so then she began So she's playing games that end up losing guys money 
So, yeah, then she uh, <laughs> then she targeted one of my friends uh, and was like, what? You don't have enough money to, to buy a drink? And my friend, who had said a million times, hi, I'm a married person with a <laughs> child. Please talk to somebody else. I was, it's, was like, no, I don't have money because I am married with a child. Is there anything else you can be doing right now? I actually do love... I, I, I'm starting to respect this girl a lot. She just went down her checklist and ended up at, what are you, fucking poor? That is a good way to get somebody to do something. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to admit they're poor, except for us, really. Oh, yeah, I'm for sure poor. We're, we're just like, hey, like, we, we don't have money. A lot of people don't. Yeah. We're, we're some of them. Whatever. Uh, so she's being really like rude at this point. And again, I'm sober, so I'm like kind of <laughs> keeping track of this. And I'm like, man, this is... Uh, a like should we all be a, oh she she hadn't said yet that she was, was underage a, an underage person so eventually she reveals that she's underage and uh she's really starting to bully us so that's probably i wonder if that's why she couldn't get a drink because she her card was being denied or something that's what uh that's what my friend's wife said eventually she was like i think that she just literally needed somebody to order for us so eventually my friend who uh this girl is pushing around and he's just being very polite and he's just like kind of ignoring her eventually the waitress comes over and he's like i'll take uh whatever he was drinking and uh what do you want and she was like tito's and lemonade and he was like well, you know what if, if it'll if it'll get you to go away whatever <laughs> so she goes back to her group the drink hasn't come after like five minutes she comes over she says hey where's Where's oh, my drink? man, fuck he's off. Like, I don't know. Ask the waitress. She was like, you ask the waitress. Ooh. Super rude. Little did I know, my friend had an ace up his sleeve. The drink is delivered, and my friend drinks it in fr- like while that girl can see. It was like after, after the rude part? I think that he had this plan the whole time. Okay, but it, ha- but it did happen after the rude part? Yes. Oh, fuck yeah. And it was That's great. awesome. We were doing, like, I, I, I high-fived him. That's awesome. It was a great thing. And this could be summarized into, like, hey, this young person came over to us, and instead my friend dunked on her. But she was being so rude and so many. It really. I was in on this girl uh, until she pulled, like, the, uh, hey, where's my fucking drink card? She uh, like if somebody if somebody does you a nice yeah even if even if like you said he, it was, it was his con. plan he was even if he does a nice like you can't pull the like do like you can't be rude about it yes she uh, and I, I couldn't tell I didn't again I didn't care enough I didn't realize till the end I was like oh this would be a good story for brunch I wish I had been taking notes the whole time <laughs> but uh, I didn't realize till the end just like. How nasty and not nice she was being, and I, so I couldn't tell if she was just really drunk or whatever. Maybe she's a nice person, but it did make me reassess. Remember when I said uh, young people have been very well behaved at right. bars? I guess it's twenty one and up have been very well. Behaved. But we've been talking about guys. That's true. Like young dudes who are are, are nice at bars. Progressive that uh, it's very progressive and very woke that. Uh, we, now women can be assholes. Yes, too. that's true. Yes. So we're taking a step into 2019. This podcast Congratulations. Is, this, this podcast, the by the way, this podcast is super progressive because we've come so far around now. Guys are great and yeah. women suck. <laughs> yes. This is the most woke take in the world. Uh, yes. Women are assholes, we've decided. No. Uh, so that's, that's that. Uh, you want to jump into movies? Yes. Let's do, uh, let's do Godzilla first. Okay. 
My, uh, so let's let's preface this by saying that if you listen to last week's episode, we came into uh, Godzilla thinking that it would be th- like the, one of the biggest pieces of shit of we the year. We were told it was. Awful. We, we were told it was atrocious. Um, I wouldn't say that it was. I would agree with you. I will say there's a bit of an asterisk next to my Godzilla takes a biased best Randy's, friends with a star. Randy's in it. Yeah. Um, but B, I bought two tickets. I bought tickets to this movie twice and saw it in its entirety zero times was going to buy a third but my amc thing was up for the week and i'm not about to <laughs> it was just dollars. godzilla godzilla ma uh no uh rocket man it was godzilla rocket man ma godzilla and Ooh, you got like four would you the scan the system and it was like hey you you, you gotta stop dude. um <laughs> i know i feel like amc is very uh is very lenient with their their like uh three a week policy mm. i feel like for sure Maybe like th- i've gotten four totally i think i did that uh a couple weeks ago with uh when john wick and uh no i guess that john wick book club and aladdin came out i guess i did three within a week but um the day it came out so the thursday there was, you, you know, usually they start showing it at 7. Yeah. I was at work for a meeting, and I saw that they had a showing at 4. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be able to go see Godzilla. Cool. Bought a ticket. Uh, what, at the 4 o'clock show and then go straight to work at 7 for the meeting? No, the meeting was at 2. I was like, hey, as oh, long okay. as this thing wraps up, I'll be perfect. So it's wrapping up around 3.30. I buy a ticket. I'm like, perfect. One of my coworkers comes over, and he was like, Hey, let's like go out to dinner tonight. We're all here. Let's do it. I was like, ah, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I was a part of the A list thing. So I went to dinner. Was way more fun. Was very excited. Uh, so missed it then. Then yesterday I was gonna go see it, and I built. You know how you build in twenty to twenty three minutes for, for the previews? previews. Yep. I was like, okay. It was. I had in my head one thirty. So as long as I get there at one fifty, I'll be fine. So. I'm getting there around 1.50. I was running a little late. I'm texting you. I'm like, hey, what happens in the first five minutes? I might miss something. Got there. Realized it didn't start at 1.30. I needed to be there at 1.30. Oh, no. It's like yeah, a 1.10 or it something? Was 1.10. So I, as the guy was scanning my <laughs> ticket, I, I saw it said 1.10. I was like, this. I'm not just a weird guy who intentionally does this. I don't know what I'm going to do right now. I'm, I guess I'll walk in. So I walked in uh, like half an hour late. And tried to see if, will I be able to piece together what's going on in this movie? How'd it go? I, I wasn't able to. <laughs> I sat there the whole time, didn't know what was going on, still enjoyed it. I figured, though, I'm going to understand this as much as I would understand a Godzilla movie anyway. I yeah. don't do these movies typically. I honestly felt like uh, when I watched that movie, I felt like there was a, uh, a prequel that I missed. And maybe I did. Maybe it was. That's maybe this Wayne was said. a sequel. Wayne said this was clearly a sequel to a movie I haven't seen. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I felt that way. I, I don't think that I saw Godzilla 1 uh, or uh, or Kong Skull Island. I didn't see that one either. Are, which, now, are those related? Is yeah, they're Mark in the Wahlberg same universe. One? Okay. Wait, isn't Mark Wahlberg in Kong Skull Universe? No clue. I think Jack Black's in that one. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I felt like there was there was stuff that I was missing, but it was still at the end of the day just a Godzilla movie. Now, the big thing with this is apparently you. I said what happens in the first ten, maybe twenty minutes, and you were like, "No, dude, you got to see it." Yeah. I was like, "Don't be a prick," and you're like, "Randy dies." Yes. And Sorry, I spoiler. Know I, I didn't know if I believed you. Went you, in. You didn't see Randy. I didn't see Randy. <laughs> yes. So now I do have to see it for a third time. I was thinking we could phone a friend and loop Randy in. 
and just maybe we'll have i don't know if he'll be able to do it maybe we'll have randy record a voice note on here and we can drop it in and no that, that wouldn't do anything but spoil it for everybody else because I wouldn't be hearing it now and I wouldn't be able to react to it. That's you can true. tell me what happens to Randy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it was really disappointing because the movie opens up Randy right away. Mm-hmm. Like in the first scene, Randy's there. And Is he the guy? Because I did read the uh, run P thing for the first three minutes. Yeah. And it what did it say? A, uh, let's, let's look it up. It basically said a guy is crying or something. Or is he the first guy they show? Uh, I don't know. I don't what? think I don't I don't remember Randy crying. Ah, that's that's the only when he comes on with us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I'm gonna pull this up, but but uh, tell me as as I pull it up, tell me this was this was not a terrible movie, right? I didn't have a bad experience watching. This. No, I, I I mean it was definitely a movie with flaws, and I didn't think that it was all that memorable or uh, fulfilling. I thought it was just a you know a, a pretty average to to maybe slightly above average i wouldn't even say slightly above average it was an average monster movie i was gonna say for a monster movie let's and this will be i guess a theme throughout this episode where when we talk about rocket man i'm also going to look at it through the lens of that wasn't a biopic that was a fun jukebox musical so you take it a lot less seriously but you expect a lot more fun with it. Yeah, and and there were definitely parts of, of Godzilla that were were campy enough to be like, oh, this is fun and and uh, and like this is very very enjoyable. They sort of know what they're doing, but I also felt like at, at points it was way too self serious, and I think like the grittiness of it made it feel that way. Oh. Uh, it was just like a very gritty monster movie that like also had some campiness, and it was like a weird mixture for me. But I mean, overall, I thought that it was it was entertaining and and not nearly as bad as it was as it was painted to be by some people ah okay so i pulled up the run p thing uh very progressive on my part i mix it up it was a woman crying and i assumed the man was crying okay it was very progressive okay uh on screen san francisco 2014 we see a scene from the end of the previous movie oh okay there you there go, you go. <laughs> a man stands in the rubble of downtown san francisco yelling for his wife and kids so the man was yelling so I think this is Uh-oh. is this Kyle this is Kyle Chandler's character. Godzilla walks past a few blocks away. We see a wife holding a young child in her arms. Yeah, that's got to be uh, it's Millie Bobby Brown. It's got to be Madison. Yes, and uh, the brother dies. Watching Godzilla crying. Cut to the present day. The same woman is sitting on the edge of her bed crying. It's got to be tough go for this woman. Cut to a young girl in the same house online. She reads an email from her father asking if she's okay, and she begins to reply. The news is on the TV in the background talking about a memorial for the victims of the 2014 disaster and that there is a growing call for the monster hunting agency named Monarch to be held accountable. Another news report says the mass die-offs of marine animals could be caused by the efforts to locate and track Godzilla, who hasn't been seen. They misspelled seen. It's a hominem, I guess. In over five years, another news report discusses Monarch and the call to exterminate the Titans. I'm already lost. (laughs) The, the cut, uh, cut to the kitchen where her daughter is, quote, unquote, trying to make breakfast. Well, she sets the, the, she basically sets the kitchen on fire. The fire alarm goes off <laughs> just as mom enters the kitchen. Tell you what, that is a, if I missed that first three minutes, I'd be very confused. Yep. And then I missed like you missed 21 40 more. Minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and then uh, like after that, like a couple minutes after that, Randy's the uh, the head scientist at the lab that they're they're like working on whatever one of these monsters, and uh, and 
he they like test she the mom tests that little computer thingy that y- oh, yeah. you know that the, they're big on this computer thingy it basically looks like the audio interface that we use to record brunch but a yes. little bigger yes. and can make every and, sound and it's in like the football uh, yes, like the, right. the nuclear, totally nuclear football. football totally. Yeah. Um, so she tests that thing out. They find out that it works, and then Randy's there, and then all of a sudden, the bad guys, the villains, come in. They shoot everybody, and then Randy survives. And I was like, "Oh man, Randy survives!" Nope. Boom! Immediately shot in the head. Really? Yes. He he survived the initial shooting. Gets up, and I'm like, "Oh, cool! They're gonna like take Randy up." Boom! Dead. So. Uh, it was a little disappointing because Randy looked like he had a huge part in this movie. They, they he was, built, a, they he was the prominent up. scientist. Wow. So he had a... That, that sounds like a borderline... Correct me if I'm wrong. Now, I haven't seen this. Just hearing it secondhand. <laughs> yes. There's a bit of a game of telephone going on. Sounds like a, like a pretty grand death. Did he have a grand he death? Had, he had a, uh, a big death. Wow. Yes. Yes. Oh, man. So when you say uh, you got to see the first 10 minutes, he dies... I'm thinking the worst, thinking about the Mist Man in um, <laughs> yes. in Hotel Artemis. Yes, which was not grand at all. He just gets shot and falls into a bag of trash. Maybe the <laughs> least grand yes. death in the world. I can't wait till this movie comes out, and we'll for sure forget to do this, but put the deaths side by side to show what a not grand death is and what a grand death is. Absolutely. Because, hey, man, weren't you going to tell? Why didn't you tell me? Is not grand this sounds uh, no, like the, the Rand Man. Yeah, and I mean, Rand and man, to Randy's credit, Mist Man. Randy's credit, absolutely no trash uh, in the scene of his death. Do you know why Randy had a more grand death than the Mist Man? He, he didn't turn down Stranger Things. Exactly. Good job. <laughs> Boom. Let's both clap in front of the mic so it sounds, sounds like, like a, we, better high five. Got that high five. Nailed it. A big high five. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens. You turn down Double Stranger M. Things. You dig your own grave. Right. And it's filled with trash. Your your acting career has gone downhill, even <laughs> though I'm pretty sure that was the first thing you acted in. Died yes. right away. Um, my big takeaway from um, from Godzilla is that it was Boston destruction porn. Yeah, man. I was going to say one of my biggest takeaways was that I did not sign up to see literally the entire city of Boston destroyed. Okay, so this so the the monsters would go through cities at points and uh was it Mexico City? Sure. There there, there would be some big cities a monster would walk through and they would leave a path of destru- destruction in its wake and that would be like a 30 second to 1 minute scene. Whenever in, but whenever that stuff happens like in these monster movies and they like literally take down large large portions of an blocks. entire city. Yeah. I it, that the, I think about that for about five minutes after the fact. I'm like, You're like now that city's gone. yeah. I'm like, that's like, the, how long is it going to take to rebuild that? I think things? about that every time I see a death in anything, even if it's like yeah, an incont- if it's a guy. Like, what about that person's door, family? I always think uh, for some reason the uh, scene where Mike goes to get Chow in um, in Breaking Bad when they take him prisoner. You know, no. He's they they kidnap Chow. They take him prisoner, as Chow says, and Mike goes in. Uh, oh the yes, house yeah, yeah, yeah. He where he's like shooting the through the walls and stuff. Right, and yeah. the last one, yeah. he's got his hands up and he yeah. lowers them to indicate that shoot a little lower. Yeah. For some reason, I think about all those guys. I'm like those guys were just on a stupid job, and like, they're all man, dead. They're now. trying to try to put f- food on the table. Anyway, I mean, they were they were bad guys. They signed up for, it, but still, for some reason, like, I would think that with twenty four too. Like when Jack would just like pick a guy off, I'm like, oh man, that guy's just dead now. Yeah. Um, 
What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So the so when they take out the cities, it's like 30 seconds to a minute. This, the treatment of Boston was Michael Scott's treatment of Toby in Threat Level Midnight, midnight <laughs> yes. when he's, his head gets blown off, and they show his head getting blown off like 55 more <laughs> times in slow motion. It is just over and over again, and it's, Boston destruction, Boston destruction, right. Boston destruction. And it's like the, the and they go in on like the most beloved uh, uh monument in boston fenway it's park fenway. Just, just completely destroyed so i wonder if if the guy who made this movie i don't i don't know who it is but i wonder if the guy who made this movie just has uh, has something against boston maybe he's a yankees fan maybe he's a st louis fan oh speaking true. of uh, sports real quick anything weirder than the reporting fiasco that has followed zeno Chara's broken job oh my god it's been insufferable he gets hit in the face with a puck his mouth and jaw is all bloody and gross. His chin strap, even when he was sitting on the bench... Covered in blood. Doused in blood. <laughs> People after were saying, man, I wonder if it was a broken jaw. <laughs> and then, when it comes out that it's a broken jaw, everyone's like, I knew it. What did you think? <laughs> what could possibly cause a guy to not be able to play when he gets hit in the jaw with a puck and it's gross and bleeding everywhere and then i I love the i mean i love the people that are like you must credit me first i had it on thursday nights oh yeah frank saravalli or whatever whatever, uh tweeted like wonder if it's a broken jaw for him and he was doing or people were on his behalf they were like you gotta credit frank saravalli he clearly was just speculating and it was the most obvious speculation speculation the you know the, I kind of went like, in on this. That's like after the Grizzly thing and being like, oh, I, I said he had a concussion first. It's like, he yeah, well, his head just bounced off the glass and he didn't play in the rest of the game. Right. His legs were not the problem and he <laughs> was helped off the ice. What do you possibly think? Uh, funny enough, the first person who did say, I am reporting this, a source has told me he has a broken jaw, Christian was Fourier. Christian Fourier. And tell you what, I don't know how to feel about that. I've got a... Uh, I've got a healthy non-existent relationship with weei but uh i've <clears throat> known christian for a little bit now know that he's not a hockey reporter and it's weird because i used to be like that like ah, hockey reporter hockey reporter hockey reporter guy i think it is so funny that he reported it first and the hockey reporters are being such babies about it yeah, I mean they. I mean they are, but I also I get like the the reluctance yeah, to credit Christian Fourier, yeah. <laughs> especially when like his his quote unquote report was on the air and it was just like he was like he I got a source, yeah. I got a source, uh, Zeno Chara broken jaw, Dunsky for the playoffs. I'm pretty sure he used the word Dunsky, Uh-oh. and so I was like, eh. Tom uh, Giles and I were pushing hard last night for the uh, the graphic. In the back, as we were talking about Chara, to say Zadunzo? Question mark. <laughs> oh my god! And they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. I don't, I don't know why they didn't do it. I think that that a lot of us are stupidly like-minded like that. But uh, yeah, we wanted Zadunzo, or the, there was something Zaday uh, Zaday no, no more jaw, <laughs> ra. And then we decided he still has a jaw. It's broken. He might have. He has multiple jaws now. Yeah. Other other way to. So put not it. only did Christian Fourier have it first, he did it like an old school way. Like, hey folks, I got a big scoop. Tune in at two. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, if I mean, I, I'm trying to think of like stories. Uh, with the the few that that I would break back in the day, I would never be like, hey, hearing something interesting about David Krejci and his contract status. 
you're going to want to tune into Sunday Skate in one week. And then, like, <laughs> within five minutes, another reporter would yeah. be like, yeah, so is David Krejci signed a new contract, probably? Yeah. <laughs> like, you just give it away. Right. And, and he has been tipping his hand, like, hey, there's something new here. There's a developing story, and nobody's getting it until he reports it. And it's right crazy yeah i mean it was never i mean it was never going to be wrong he's hijacked right i mean if it was gonna be <laughs> then he's got a broken jaw <laughs> right so i don't know but yeah uh godzilla godzilla <laughs> um again i kind of didn't see the movie <laughs> <laughs> so when i say it was a fine monster movie i mean it was as the good second as, half was fine yeah it was as good as <laughs> rampant i mean when it ended it had like a big reveal that like now it's this I that that could have been just another little turn, and I I did not know that, that was a resolution. Yeah, I didn't really care about any of it, honestly. I was just like there with my brain turned off, just watching Monster monsters movie. fight. So the the cast was was good, but the characters weren't great. Like, I, I I realized as we were saying this, we weren't going to hate it because we do have a scale for monster movies, right? Where you have to. it's going to be entertaining. It's not going to be the greatest movie well, I've ever seen. Well, the way that it was built... I liked Rampage. Well, the way that it was built up and like the way that it was described by Mike Ryan, which we read on last week's podcast, he basically said that like, you couldn't see any of the fights because the CGI was, was bad and like there was too much rain and it was dark. I didn't feel that way. I thought it was like... It, it was, was dark and rainy, but I caught myself actually looking for, like, is this hindering it? And It I, wasn't. It, it did not. Yeah. So, like, I, I didn't have that much of an issue with it. Um the Bradley Whitford's character absolutely sucked. I know. That guy was, that guy was terrible. They were like, hey, Bradley, can you gain like uh, 25 pounds and be terrible? Cool. Right. Oh, yeah. People aren't going to like the movie. They're, oh, no, definitely not your character. Right. You want to do it? <laughs> uh, I spent like the entire movie, like 50% of my energy was spent trying to figure out whether Thomas Middleditch's character was bad or not. Because like, at certain points, mm. they were like painting the way for him to be like like double a real agent. asshole like mm-hmm. double agent and it just never happened he was just a nice guy yeah the guy that was the bad guy on the other side man they helped me out as someone who hadn't seen the first 20 minutes or whatever it was coming in late they had him in a bad guy costume he was wearing all black something that went up to his neck don't know if it was a turtleneck maybe it was like a collar or something that he had popped vampire style yeah no clue and all of his hair was white and that is as bad guy a look as and you'll it was ever see. played by the guy who played Tywin Tywin Lannister, which you don't watch Game of Thrones, but uh, very bad guy Nobody in that. Does, very bad guy in that. In that, show. that show got canceled. It did get canceled. You're right. Speaking of which, uh, and Thomas Middleditch, this is it. Oh uh, yeah, we got Silicon Valley last season coming up for the best. Yes, for sure. It's it's taken. A, we I, mentioned it. Yeah. I, I'm, my interest in that show is at an all time. That's low. right. We did discuss that. Where we, if if I didn't see it until a day or two later. I was like, okay, whatever, I'll catch up. That I had never be the case. I hadn't realized that they like pushed they like pushed back filming. They just like stopped filming, and so I don't think that they've filmed the final season yet. But it's this is going to be the final season, and they have to film it. Did they push it back because they were like Dr. Dre trying to make a new album for a million years? Like I'm, this is just all bad. <laughs> Probably. I'm gonna, I'm gonna circle back in like four more years, and then I'm gonna come out with Compton, which is as with anything okay that's ever said on the show. Like that could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. They just like didn't film, and now they announced that it's the last season. They're going to film. Why don't you pay some bills for us? All right. It, there's a widely held belief that procrastination is a bad thing. But life could be us. But life it couldn't be us. Life it isn't so black and white. Sometimes procrastination can work in your favor. 
You want an example? Sure. Great, because I've got one on deck. If you need life insurance, but you've been putting it off, congratulations, you've managed to procrastinate long enough for technology to make it super easy. Ah. There you go. Nailed Don't wait it. any longer, though. <laughs> right. Technology is not going to get better. Do not wait longer. We have the solution for you right Perfect now. Time. Policy Genius. It's the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers and find the best price. It's so easy that even dummies like us can do it. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape. There's no sales pressure. There's no hidden fees. Just financial protection and peace of mind. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life easier life insurance easy they also help you find the right home insurance auto insurance and disability insurance uh it's so so easy again we're dumb we don't know anything about insurance or or life in general so if we can do it you could do it if you need life insurance but you've been busy doing literally anything else check out policy genius it's the easy way to compare all the top insurers and find the best value for you that's policygenius.com nobody wants to shop for life insurance that's why we made it easy. That's right. We did it. It was us. Yes. Policy genius. Us. We did it. Yeah. Nailed it. Use the... You know. It was us. <laughs> uh, please, must credit must credit brunch uh, when you buy life insurance. Yes. Uh, but, uh, by the way, uh, got to acknowledge the fact that we got absolutely jacked. Why? By uh, that brunch company, that restaurant that just fucking stole our logo. This is now the second time someone has completely stolen our the logo. The Lamplighter one, it looks very similar to our font, but I oh, don't, is it not the same I don't font? think it's the exact same. There is, without a shadow of a doubt, this restaurant in somewhere, I don't know where Sweet it is. grabbed our logo. Literally, I think they ripped our logo and then like just added a, a color filter on it and was like, mm, mm, come to our brunch. Man. Maybe... And even like their description of their brunch was yeah. was like on brand for brunch. It was like we don't take ourselves too seriously. Just come on over. We'll we'll have a progressive time. We hate women too. So. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, we're progressive. Progressively progre- yes. I was like, wait a second. No, we don't. That is not our stance. You gotta consult me when we make such drastic and career ruining uh <laughs> career ruining it's called, it's called callback humor. Yeah. Um Rocket Man. I'm going to open the floor. I'm going to let you lead this one because I've got a lot of thoughts and uh, I, I don't want to go on a runaway, runaway train. Yeah, I mean, I, I just assume that you're going to have like a very complex and like all over the place. Like, I liked it, but this. I, I didn't like it, but this. I'll blah, give you my blah. short summary. I'm going to give you my short okay. summary first. It was fucking awesome. B plus that felt like an A plus sometimes, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, when but, it was, but the A plus moments were enough for me. Like I'm going to remember the A plus moments, not the B plus moments. Yes. Was there ever a point in it when you thought, like, wait a second, is this movie not that good? No. Oh, I did. I did not. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it the entire way through. The 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 goodbye Yellow Brick Road scene was. Like, Which one was that? Some of the worst douche chills I've ever felt in my life. When he has the dinner with uh, Bernie, and Bernie storms out. Ah, uh, yeah. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And there's like the, go on then, you never believed it. And it was like so, it, there was a level of, che- it, it went so far past its own cheesiness threshold. And I'll, I'll say, as far as movies go, I said this already about this movie. This was way more a jukebox musical than it was a yeah, biopic. I don't know if you can say it went past its like cheesy threshold though, because 
in the first half an hour of the movie, they have like a a big ass dance scene and and musical number at like a uh, um like a fair where there's yeah. like a big old Ferris wheel in the background. I mean, that is the most oh, yeah, that, cheesy that thing true. in the world. It was I, I, again. This is more. This is more in the Mamma Mia world. It than absolutely it is, is in whatever world uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was trying to exist in. And I want to limit the Bohemian Rhapsody references and comparisons other than, again, second John Reed movie in uh, one year. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to avoid it as much as you are. Like, I sent out a tweet last night after I saw um, Rocketman. I said, Rocketman is everything that I wanted Bohemian Rhapsody yes, to well, be. That's why I don't want to make the comparison because Bohemian Rhapsody is so legitimately a terrible movie. Although I do see your point. Like, if this- Bohemian Rhapsody could have been this... If right, they, if because they just leaned into because Elton John and and Queen have a lot of similarities in in like their in their stories and in like yeah. how f- like dramatic and uh, eccentric they are. Right. That Queen deserved a biopic that was as weird and as wacky, gay, over the top rock star. Right, exactly. It's a, I felt like Queen deserved that sort of treatment to their story, and there definitely could have been Bohemian Rhapsody would have been great had it had more flair and not been a fucking paint by numbers biopic. Because Queen is the last band in the world that deserves a paint by numbers biopic. This movie made me realize how much Bohemian Rhapsody blew it by yes. not actually by not actually doing the songs and like this the, the, the sound they the songs in this movie the actual songs themselves like the song some of the song scenes ruled but the actual like performances and um arrangements weren't anything special if Bohemian Rhapsody even had that it would have helped it out so much more just the fact that they just like dropped in old Freddie Mercury stuff and had uh, Ray Malik lip sync to it was awkward and bad. They could have had a terrible actual soundtrack and it would have made the movie so, so much better. Yeah, this movie did shine a light kind of on everything that Bohemian Rhapsody did wrong. Because this movie did pretty much everything right. Did you think that if this movie came out first before Bohemian Rhapsody that people would have hated Bohemian Rhapsody more? Ooh, good question. I don't know. I, I hope. I really hope. I hope so that because people it, say that people will see that this is a much better movie than Bohemian Rhapsody. It was. It was There's really no creative and like it was a. It did justice to Elton John and like his story and how much of a character he was. Yes, right. They they made no lie about the fact that he is. He was very much uh, a diva, a pill, pain in the ass to work right. with. Right, and and he's still alive, so he signed off on this. Right. Like if Freddie Mercury, like I understand, like not wanting to disgrace Freddie Mercury's like legend or whatever, or not make it. But they did ma- disgrace not- it. They made him. An, they made him an asshole who quit the band when he never fucking did that. I suppose, yeah, but they gave him a redemption arc. Well, even more problematic, <laughs> right? So like, I get it, and and but I I don't know. I, I thought that. And by the way, Taron Edgerton was awesome. He was great. Yeah, he was really, really good. And he looked... There were at points in this movie where I could not believe how much he looked like Elton John. It, I thought it took a while, but eventually they got there. <clears throat> I needed the like mid-70s balding Elton John. Mm-hmm. That's, how I, that's when I was going to decide how well the makeup and everything was. And when he got there, he looked just like him. Because I would imagine that's the toughest one to look like. Yeah, the the balding one, and like especially because I mean Elton John's not exactly a looker. We can say that, right? And Taron Edgerton for sure is. He's a handsome ass dude. Yeah, that that there were two there were two main things that uh, set 
uh, Taron apart from Elton. A much better body. He's mu- he's just a much better looking person. He's more fit. He's they have like, a sex scene, and he uh, in the in the oh sex man. scene, I was like, wow, he's way too in shape for those for muscles. This. Yes, <laughs> yes, he looked the man. By the way, credit to credit to fucking Rocket Man. Gay they sex scene. Drugs and gay sex. Yes. Who knew? <laughs> right. We still can't confirm that Freddie Mercury never did either of those things. We we don't think he did. Um, the two things, he just doesn't look like Elton John. Way more handsome, and I guess that's his fault. We could shame him for that. And the other one. Uh, I'm not the only person to think this. Elton John's a very hard person to play if you're going to be singing his parts. And we can get into this with the soundtrack. But uh, there are some real limitations that... Is his last name Edgerton? Edgerton? I think Taren it's... Egerton? I don't know which one it is. Taron. Yes. That Taron has that uh, really, really, really show up in the in the songs, which leads to it not being such a, a great soundtrack. I'm not I'm glad I'm not alone on that. The soundtrack has not gotten Well you got reviews. I mean you gotten uh, into a bit of a verbal spat with uh, the lights camera Barstool Boys or Jeff yeah, Lowe. In I, I I love Jeff. I legitimately think that he liked the movie and he what's the opposite of throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Where you like the movie so much you that you take say the every part stuff, of yeah. it is the is the best. I really, really like this movie. I'm going to see it a million more times. Again, B plus that felt like an A plus but at points. I think that Jeff, I'm sort of in more in Jeff's camp because I thought that the soundtrack was was really good for for the movie and for like accounting for the fact that Taron Edgerton is singing it. And so here's the test. And also, you don't you don't like you're you analyze music way more than me and Jeff are going to. Here's the test, and you got to be honest with me. And is this is going to end with you saying, "Okay, DJ, you have a point." Mamma Mia. Sometimes you listen to the songs, uh, Mamma Mia 2. The, their version it's, of One of Us is yeah. great. Will you ever go and listen? Will you ever choose to listen to one of the songs from the soundtrack? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not unless Probably I want to like remember a scene from the movie. That's how... Right. I, I went back and listened to it, A, to make sure that I was correct. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Yeah, like if I want to, if I'm thinking about the movie and I want to sort of rec- uh, recollect one of the cool scenes and numbers in the movie, I will probably go listen to the soundtrack and that will help me. Yeah, uh, I won't spend a lot of time on the soundtrack, but um, just so two things with Taron Egerton, whatever his last name is, he doesn't have much control over his voice, which is like Elton's thing. And he doesn't have much range, which is really Elton's thing. Elton could go seamlessly between his chest voice and falsetto, and you wouldn't be able to tell which voice he was using, which is why he had this crazy range, could do all this stuff. Um, so they had to, so his, uh, with Egerton's voice not being very high, they had to transpose a couple songs. The bitch is back, definitely. So that was lower and it sounded kind of muddy. Not great, whatever. People do that all the time. That's how Billy Joel tours now. Um, the other thing, though, I feel like they didn't spend much time with him in the actual studio because they they could have done more takes of songs and edited around it to make it sound more like Elton. And I understand you don't want to sound exactly like Elton, but he had to take some real, real shortcuts just to be able to get through the songs. And I feel like if they spent more time with him... They could have made it a lot better, and you would have gotten that sort of feeling like, wow, this is a lot like Elton John. Um, but I, I also think that, that music was sort of secondary in this movie. Totally. 
and, and that was okay because right because they, they nailed the every music, other part basic basically when they did the when they put in the the music scenes were more visual yes. than they were audio which is fine but just just don't go then saying like this the soundtrack was incredible the one that really stands out to me uh is rocket man the when he does the uh and i'm gonna be high he it's a he does a little run then he dips back up and it's a cool thing i just tried to do it can't do it because only elton john can do it um but like with auto tune and shit, they could have done that. And Egerton just goes, and I'm gonna be high, and it just sounds so lazy and bad and lame. So Egerton, great actor. I don't think he would tell you he's the best singer in the world. A lot the songs mostly sounded like he was in pain or taking <laughs> short. No, because they're, because they're too high. That would happen right. if you had. It would happen right now if you had Billy Joel sing one of his songs in their original key. It would sound. How Taron Egerton sounded in this? Movie. Like he's just unable to do it, right? Yeah, and but I mean, but again, like I'm, I'm fine with the music being average to like a little above average because they sp- they clearly spent time on other things and were like, we're going to prioritize these things, and they did a really good job. Totally agree. What was your favorite music scene? Uh the like the carnival one was fucking sweet. Mm, bitches back. Uh, yeah. Was that the bitches? Well, back? No, that wasn't the bitches. No, bitch, that was the, uh, fr- uh, Saturday. Fri- Saturday. Friday. Yeah, Saturday, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever Saturday day is all right for a fight. Yes. Yeah. We we're gonna uh, be ranking our top five Elton John songs coming up. Uh, both of ours is gonna be Friday nights. Five of us. Friday, Friday. Uh, Friday on uh, the Hump day is a good day for a fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, that one was awesome. Um, I don't know. I, I thought the I thought like the whole movie was fucking sweet. Honky cat. Honky when cat. he's just starting to blow up, and he's and he and uh, and uh, John Reed are really hot and heavy, and he's getting really fa- it's like there's like a lot of colors going on, and he's walking around. There's a shot where I think he's just like walking through a room. Someone comes up to him with like a big contract to sign and a huge pencil. He signs it while he's singing. Someone comes up with some coke. He does that. You think he gives John Reed a smooch? It's just so i keep using this word grand yes and flamboyant and amazing and it, it felt like that's what an this is what an elton john movie should be the first time that he plays uh what's the the place the oh the troubadour the troubadour the first time that he plays a troubadour whatever music scene that was was awesome loved that here's my other note about the soundtrack every fucking song started with a little slow tepid <laughs> intro and then that's very true that, so that scene is, but i think that, that that really like plays up i remember the, uh, yes when rock was young 45 minutes later Susie. like <laughs> <laughs> he's only said me and in the last 45 minutes just tickling those ivories. I like and it though. Dripping in it, those words one by one. I like it. It's like it creates the dramatic drop and it really gets you going. Did you notice though they did that with like half the song? Yes. <laughs> I loved when they did that with uh, Crocodile Rock. I was like, Crocodile oh, Rock was this awesome. This is a corny ass device and I'm so glad they're using yes. it. And then like 20 minutes later, I was like, I think this is all they got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad they're using this again. It's a little <laughs> bit. Hold on, I was a little flat there. Bit nice, nailed it. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was every song in the movie. But yeah, I loved the honky cat scene. Uh, Crocodile Rock was probably really, really cool. 
they because uh, it slows down at the, at the post-chorus thing, and they all float. Yeah, it was great. I, I, I like they. I just really like they built that stuff into it because none of the stuff, not none of the stuff, the movie, the biographical aspects of the movie were very vague and like you didn't care. You're like you. It, you took away from it. He had an affair with uh, John Reed, his manager. He had a very tough upbringing. His parents hated each other. His father wasn't really in the picture, and his mom was very cruel. All of those things are true. Yeah. With that, they just it was just all kind of loose, fluffy stuff. You, you parents, never look at something and you're like, I wonder if they worst. said this, or I wonder if they did this, I wonder if this exact thing happened. You didn't really care. You don't really they were care. Because, movie. They were just singing songs right. and that's the thing. flying. It's like, that's the thing for like, I don't care how many like liberties that they took in that movie could not agree more because like they made it an interesting story and they presented it in an interesting way if you're going to tell the bohemian rhapsody story i'm going to care that you you take liberties because you're presenting it in like a very paint by numbers way if you're going to do that tell the fucking story as it happened i think everyone would agree so my summary other than my grade i said b plus felt like an a plus of points this was a jukebox musical set loosely around Elton Even John's the tagline. The tagline says, inspired by a true fantasy. Perfect. Right. Right? Uh, this is what, fun- what was funny, though, about uh, how they would weave the songs in and out. Because they were doing that, they kind of had to force context on some songs. And some of those forcings were hilarious. Like Benny, Benny and the Jets, they made about drugs or whatever. You're like, okay, whatever. They need, they, they, he's doing a lot of drugs. They need to. They haven't played Benny and the Jets yet. Let's make right. Benny and the Jets about drugs. The best one though was our guy, the Mist Man song, Tiny Dancer. Yes. They make it about his buddy getting laid yes. and him watching the foreplay. Yes. <laughs> that was super weird. He was just at a party after he just played the show of his life. He's standing, sitting, uh, standing amongst people, having a good time at a party. They're doing drugs and everything, and he is just locked in on Bernie Taupin. Hitting on a girl and maybe having sex. Yeah, that one was like, it's like, too bad you'll marry a music man. And it was like, oh, yeah. it's the guy who writes his songs. And it's just like, oh, okay. But I, my, I think my favorite one is uh, where he like essentially tries to commit suicide in a pool. And uh, I love that line. Oh, and then he sees his young self. No, where he says, oh, yes, uh, I'm going to change miss, my life. I miss, my, I miss the I earth miss, so much. I miss, I miss my, my life. life. Yeah, and then he changes it to, I miss my life. That was how. Uh, that's how much more progressive this movie is than Bohemian Rhapsody. They changed the lyrics of this movie to make it gayer. <laughs> like, no, wife. <laughs> but that they do show... They do gloss over his marriage. Oh, my God. It's so... It, it, but you're okay with it. Enough has happened by this point. You're like, they're just dancing around and sprinkling yeah. whatever they want. They, literally, they literally show him getting married to a woman, and then in the very next scene, it's him and his wife like hating each other, and they're breaking up. Although... Didn't hate that. The scene of I don't need the I don't scene need of that. their house. They're they're living in a big house. They wake up in the morning. They each walk out of their bedrooms and they're like, "Hello." They yeah. go down and they have breakfast. And he's drinking and everything. I don't know that I aspire to be in a marriage where we're sleeping in separate <laughs> bedrooms. But and as you're long getting as drunk I like at nine a.m., <laughs> I mean, he seemed to not dislike her. Right? They seemed to be kind of okay with each other yeah that seems like more of a partnership than a lot of marriages that that's, actually exist that's very they true least, they they had some ground rules they understood <laughs> right? they understood where they were at 
Um, yeah, I mean, you can, you can even make the case that this movie is more progressive because of that. They were just like... Super progressive they, movie. They were just like, oh, he gets married to a woman, but let's just get back to the gay stuff. Right. You're right. <laughs> okay, enough of that. Yeah. Um, we should talk about a couple of the characters. Joshua plays the owner of the Troubadour, or the manager of the Troubadour. Ah, uh, Joshua from the OC. Don't call it that. Friends. Oh, yeah, that's right. Are He's you from far enough in... Um, uh, the OC, don't call it that, is an Arrested Development reference. I'm not that far. And when you make it to someone who hasn't seen Arrested Development, it sounds so rude and dismissive. Yes. So I, I instinctively always say that, and then I check, and the person has never seen it. I've gotten I'm that like, far. Oh, I've already been rude. Uh, the OC was really starting to uh, ramp up and take on popularity as the replacement for Arrested Development's time slot. Okay. So when they were when they were clearly canceling Arrested Development and the show knew it in the third season, a lot of the stuff is a, a lot of that season is about them trying to save the family when it's really trying to save the show. Yeah. And uh, they force people into the show to say the OC at points, <laughs> and as soon as somebody says the OC, another character says, "Don't call it that." <laughs> the best one is uh, Tobias says, uh, "It would appear George Michael." Has what we in the soft sciences call obsessive compulsive or obsessive compulsive disorder, or as we in the soft sciences call it, the OC disorder. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately they're like, "Don't call it that." Uh, yeah, so I mean, he is Joshua, Joshua from, Friends, from Friends, and he's uh, Marissa's dad in the OC. Oh, really? Yeah, good for that guy. Uh, also, another comparison to Bohemian Rhapsody. After I said, let's not let's not mention Bohemian Rhapsody because this movie's so much better. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, where where Bohemian Rhapsody had sweaty Jeff Lynne as the first manager, this movie had sweaty Ike Barinholtz as the first manager. You know the guy that's like, hey, play me some more songs. All your songs suck. <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's not Ike Barinholtz, Ike Barinholtz at all. But it, no, no, it looks like a sweaty Ike Barinholtz. No, I know, but it doesn't at all. It does not look like him. You didn't think that guy looks no. like sweaty like Barinholtz? You know who he is, though. He's uh, he's the guy who plays Al Capone in Boardwalk Empire. Ah, I jumped out of... Uh, I loved... Bo- or whatever, Boardwalk Empire after season and a half. Really? Mm. I-, I liked Boardwalk Empire a lot. Um, but yeah, I thought that guy was great. Mm. He was such an asshole, but like such a... like. He's he's not pretending that he's not an asshole. Yeah, he's just very much who he is. I did great love, mustache. We mentioned uh, when he sang the, the the Rocket Man scene. I love. It started with his family's there. He's annoyed. He's doing a bunch of drugs and pills. And he goes on the. This was probably in the trailer, so I don't know why I thought it was so cool. But he's. This was like Egerton's best scene, probably. He's like stumbling around in his bathrobe, having a miserable time. He walks onto the diving board and yells, for my next trick, I'm going to fucking kill myself. <laughs> Dub, dips into the pool, of sings course, Rocket that's Man. that's your favorite song, which, your favorite scene. <laughs> I will say, like, he's got a song called I Think I'm Going to Kill Myself. You could have done that. They Not widely known. Right, they, they didn't they, do a lot of uh, deep cuts in this movie, which will be they, a they problem. Pulled the mom, they pulled the Mamma Mia move, save for the second one. Oh, Maybe. Rocket Man Two is going to be dope. <laughs> then he could have he could have done. I think I'm going to kill myself. Then he could have killed himself. If they're taking liberties, whatever, might as well make him dead. And then uh, the second one opens on funeral for a friend. Oh <laughs> hell yeah! There yeah. you go. Um, 
the and other- then then he comes back to life and you play Circle of Life. Yeah. So my two notes or my my I guess my three negative notes on the movie were I don't want it to seem like I didn't like this movie. I absolutely loved it. I'm going to see it a million more times. Where uh, the goodbye Yellowbrick Road scene didn't work. The soundtrack was just fine, but I didn't need the soundtrack to be anything special. I'm, I'm just going to push back if somebody says that it was excellent. And the last one was, I thought the super uh, green screening him into the I'm Still Standing video at the end. That was, was so weird. distracting. That was right? so weird. Was it <laughs> yeah. distracting? Yes. It, it was. I wouldn't say it was distracting more than it was just completely out of place. It looked ba- It looked like it was poorly done, though. Yes, very poorly done. I feel like nowadays you shouldn't be able to tell when someone's green screened onto something. Yeah, I mean, they have like Is facial. They have. Not- they have. They have literally like de aging technology. You can make a person their younger selves in a movie. Uh-huh. You should be able to insert him and not make it look weird. I, w- I mean, at least we got to see the I'm Still Standing music video, which is great. And I'm Still right. Standing is just a- an excellent song. But it was distracting. At least they saved it for last, though. So, like, you you weren't like, what the fuck was that for, like, ten minutes? Would you have just reshot the music video with with everybody? Probably. Right? right? Yeah. It's the, that makes got, a lot no, more sense. You got three options. You could show the Elton, the actual Elton John video as you do, like, the end uh, notes. Do, you know what you do is you, you use the, the actual video and then you splice it in with the reshoot. Side by side, not not necessarily oh, side by side, but like cutting back I know what and you're forth. Saying. Love that, yeah. And you could definitely match the graininess and right. everything to to look like it. That's they should have done. It looked again musically, and I guess would this fall under musically because it was a music scene? They just took some shortcuts that I'm like, man, you didn't need I wonder to do why that. You do that. <laughs> yeah. Right, you could have spent more time on it. It was cool. The uh, the person that oversaw the music in this movie was uh, George Martin's son. George Martin did uh, a George lot of George R.R. Martin? No. The, the Game of Thrones guy? You keep bringing up that show. It got <laughs> canceled, dude. <laughs> George R.R. Martin wrote no one's Game of Thrones. Talk about your little hipster uh, friggin' freaks and geeks. Nobody knows what you're talking about, <laughs> yeah, man. No one knows what you're talking about when you mention Game of Thrones. Your little f- uh, f- fairy freaks and geeks. That's what, that, <laughs> that's, what that's called. Um, Overall, I thought, I thought Rocketman was like a solid A. I loved it. I, I would say that Love might be no. I, I, I loved, loved it. it. I loved it, and I, I intend to see it a million more times. Especially Again, like if we're gonna put it on the if we're gonna put it on uh, Godzilla on the monster movie scale, yeah. we're gonna put Rocket Man on the jukebox musical scale. Mm-hmm. It was it was an A, an A plus, an A plus. If it's on the jukebox musical scale, so here, there's not a lot of great jukebox music. Now this is what's tough for me. I think that Taron, whatever his last name is, deserves a best actor, best actor nominee. Yeah, same. I was gonna ask you that too, but. I wonder, will this movie be taken as a serious movie? Because it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was... And it won't. And it won't get like a Best Picture nom. Okay, so that's what I was wondering. No, it if won't. After friggin' Bohemian Rhapsody, that piece of shit got a Best Picture nom, are you now forced to say, okay, we're going to give this jukebox musical that was a lot of fun uh, a, a Best Picture nom? No, because... Uh, because Bohemian Rhapsody took itself seriously, and for some reason, people other it. people did too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of where you where you land. Okay, but. cool. I was I I also would feel that it would be inappropriate to give it uh, a Best Picture nom. Yeah. But yeah, where I would say where Mamma Mia, I think, is an A plus for like a fun jukebox. Mamma Mia two. Mamma Mia two. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah, you know what? I would say like if if Mamma Mia two is an A plus, this is probably like an A minus, B B plus, A minus. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in the middle. I'm gonna put A. Okay, it's a step down from Mamma Mia 2, but it's not far away. Okay, it's a lot I, of fun. I don't disagree with that. 
There were is it were there no there's really not a part in Mamiya Two where you're like ah this is stupid. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, movie, it never gets stupid even on like the fortieth viewing. You're like oh, I love every part so of this I, movie. And the, I mean the visuals in Mamiya Two. It's unfair. I mean that's shot in wherever it is. Right. The, the the water, everything, and the, the people are just so beautiful. Meanwhile, this movie you're trying to make a handsome person look like Elton John. <laughs> you're not doing yourself any favors with the visuals. I did love some of his clothing, some of his pants. Of course, there's a scene where he's wearing red pants. I'm like man. I would love to be able to wear. They killed red the costumes. That, I think this movie is going to. Can this movie? Should this movie win costume design? It should. Right, but but I'm, but I'm the reason why I'm saying can it and should it is because Elton John did those costumes. Right, just give it to Elton John. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, well, you weren't that creative. Didn't you just copied give, what he did, but they, they nailed give, it. Uh, didn't they give Bohemian Rhapsody best like audio editing? Yes, because they were they, like, oh, the and music they won, was yeah. great. Like yeah, you didn't make the music. Thanks. You just dropped it in. <laughs> yeah, you just know that you didn't make well, these we'll be songs. Sure to give Reinhold Mack his his Oscar. Man, I uh, I spent the entire Rocket Man movie trying to fucking figure out who played his mom. Oh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes, yeah. and I, I I just had to look it up. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out for some reason. I was stuck on like the only person name that popped into my head was Christina Hendricks, uh. and it wasn't her. She was good, but because it's because you're watching a jukebox musical, you dumb your brain down a lot to kind of get into that world. So as a result, I'm like, she was terrible. She was mean <laughs> because you dumbed you you just made yourself so simple. You're like, Bryce Dallas Howard was horrible, but she she was great. Yeah. Um, okay. Do we want to do? What, what, let me see if I have any other notes on here. Yeah, I mean, this was a very, very fun movie. Loved it a lot. There was only one, again, there was only one scene I thought was bad and terrible, which was the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road scene. But other than that, a lot of fun. And I guess I should say that I I came into this movie with, like, a lot of apprehensions. And and I don't know if it was because I had Bohemian Rhapsody PTSD disorder. (laughs) Uh, But, but like, I came into this movie being like, ah. I don't know. And and I think that we said it when we saw the trailers and stuff, too, because the, tra- the trailers really played up the fantasy aspect more than I think the movie delivered on. Yeah. It, it wasn't like completely wrapped in fantasy like this was a this was it, it just intertwined it a little bit. So I, I thought when I was heading in that it was either going to be really good or really bad. I agree. Because it, it was just it seemed like a, a premise that was either going to hit spectacularly or miss like completely. And it's tough to, to 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 do Elton John's story and to have Taron Egerton do Elton John's songs, but I gotta say, like, I, it it delivered a hundred percent for me. See, I expected also that I was either going to think it was the best or the worst, and instead, what I came away with was like, I loved it. I didn't think it's it, it's not Mamma Mia, it's not Mamma Mia two, but that's okay. It can be. But it's so, yeah, I thought I would either be 100 or 0, and I came in at 88, 89, 90, which is excellent movie. No, see, again, we're in a world now where B-plus is, oh, so you had a problem with it. Oh, you didn't like it. Somebody did that, I, uh... So, oh, the uh, Star is Born? Somebody said that. Someone's like, oh, well, you hated A Star is Born. I was like, no, I didn't. I thought it was. What did I, what did I say? Like, you said it was really, really good, like, but really, not really good. Not, not amazing. Yes. Because everybody's initial reaction was like, oh my God, this is the best movie ever. It's amazing. Yeah, what's wrong with. Man, saying something's good or really good now is like. And it's controversial. Well, I mean, it's in, in the same category as saying. 
a lot of movies are just fine. Like it doesn't uh, just because a movie like Godzilla. And I God, still like God, seeing them. Godzilla doesn't didn't fucking suck. It was just it was fine for me. Yeah, I mean, I, it's okay I, to say that a movie's fine. And if you know if you know what your like one hundred is, like that thing you do, Mamma Mia two, uh, The Graduate, I really really love. How many pe- so people? There are people out there who it's like, hey, what's your favorite movie? It's like, oh well, it's a four hundred way tie between every movie I've liked. I've never <laughs> seen. I've never said I just liked a movie. I've said that this movie is the best, and I need to prove that I like it more than you. And if you didn't like it as much as me, you're a hater or you didn't get it. Like, no, there are very few movies that I think are the best. And you should. I don't know. It's it's like it's like marrying every girl you ever date, right? Yeah, well, no. couldn't be, couldn't be couldn't us. Be dating, uh, <laughs> so I guess, guess we, we, it's decided. Rocket Man is the best movie ever. Yep. Uh, also, the best movie ever. Ma. We got to ra- rank our uh, top oh, five fuck, Elton yeah. John songs. We're never gonna get to Ma, which is hilarious. Okay. Uh, top five Elton John songs. Let's count down from five. No, let's count down from Constellations because you, you said we had, we can have I up to three to, Constellation prizes. I wanted to, not, so I wanted to do honorable mention. After, so it builds suspense. Fine, building up. All right. Oh man, they haven't said this one yet. Number five, first on my list, or last on my list, Mm but maybe first on my first stated on my list. What? This was impossible. It it sucked. Yeah. Uh, Number five, first song in Rocket Man. Um, the bitch is back. Yes, bitch is back is so good. Uh, really rocking song. Number five for me. Another rockin' song, but one later in his career. That's not even true because he was still rockin' into the 90s. I'm still standing. Just love it. Love Last song. song in the movie. La- yeah. Ooh, a little Look at that. action. Yeah, there we go. Uh, number four for me. The titular song. Rocket Man? Yeah. Did you notice why did they made Rocket Man one word for this movie? Yeah. Is, it, is it two for the... For the song is yeah. Rocket Space Man. Rocket Man is... Well... Isn't isn't Rocket Man a movie from the nineties? Oh yeah, with uh, the, the goofy ass dude. With I don't know who plays the main guy, but young Jennifer Conley. Ooh, yeah, the uh, ageless, perfect, beautiful Jennifer Conley. No, the uh, Rocket Man is the the goofy ass dude. Uh, who plays him? Um, I don't know. I gotta figure out what's his. Oh, fuck. I Do searched. you think that why, that's why they did it? Maybe. Maybe. Um, what's his name? I'm looking up was. Rocket Man movie with the space, and it's it's, taking, ju- you it's taking me to Elton John. So that m- was it ma- called something else? Oh no, Rocket Man in 1997 was all one word too. It was just uh, the M was capitalized. That's weird. And that that was 1997. I thought it was a lot earlier. No, uh, 1997. What's this guy's name? Harland Williams. Oh yeah, what else is he in? Let me see. Show show me, show me him for a second. This guy. Oh, you know that guy. Come is on, he, in, he was like a stud in the nineties. He was fucking hilarious. He's not. Is he in? Um, is he in um, Half Baked? Yes, he is. Yeah, uh, Kenny. He plays Kenny in Half Baked. He's in Dumb and Dumber. He plays a state trooper who drinks the pee. Ah, uh, yeah. You'll yeah. shut your mouth if you know what's good for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Freddie got fingered. Here's what I love about. Uh, here's what I love about Rocket Man. You're really waiting for that chorus to hit. And when the chorus, when the first chorus hits, they do a double chorus. And you usually save that for the second chorus, the last chorus. Never when you play the first chorus are you like, that felt good. 
let's do it again. Right. And they know it's just such a good chorus, they do it twice. So just a great, great arranging from, uh, from Elton and whoever produced that song. Uh, my number four, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Ooh. Speaking of a song that takes forever to get to the chorus, that first verse takes is so like three long. and a half years. Yeah. And it's not like they do two verses and then a chorus. They just have one really, really long-ass verse. Have you seen the performance of Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me with George Michael? I have not. That is legitimately, and as we talk about some of these songs, uh, there have been some great, great, great covers of Elton John's songs, which show you just that they are amazing songs that could be done by anybody. Shouts out to Taron Egerton, though, not not really being able to, to do it quite as well as the uh, George Michaels and Sarah Bareilles of the world and the, the Miss Mans of the world. Uh, we, should, we should write a song called uh, Don't Let Your Son Go Down on Me. Mm, the progressive. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, I love Don't Let This Song Go Down On Me. It's got everything you want in an Elton John song. Very dramatic chorus. Amazing. Number three. Uh, number three, Crocodile Rock. Ah, nice. I'm going to bring up this uh, point. This this is going to blow some minds. Okay, so Crocodile Rock, The when it goes into the chorus, it goes, uh, we were hopping and bopping to the Crocodile Rock. Well, what does he say next? No idea. Just even give me the first sounds. Crow rocking, crow rocking, rockin'. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Crow rocking with something shocking when your feet just can't keep still. Everybody thinks, right? You uh, yeah, crow rocking, crow rocking. What in this movie? He goes, well, crocodile rocking, and I was like, oh what man, the hell? Go, come on, man, you can't do that. So I was texting my friend about it, and she was like, hey, how was the movie? I was like, great. How was the soundtrack? Uh, just fine. Although it was funny. He sa- she said, like, how does he do the cra-raga? And I was like, funny you should ask. He, sang, he says crocodile rockin'. Then later, I was listening to a bunch of Elton and the uh, don't shoot me, I'm, the piano, I'm only the piano player version came on. Elton does say crocodile rockin'. Really? And for some reason, you understood, I understood, she understood, it's Cry rockin'. Yeah. Why did we all hear it wrong? He actually does in say like, in the well, regular version. Cry rockin'. Yes. Really? Crazy. How did it? How was it all put in our brains that he says cry rockin'? This is the uh, like this is the uh, the um, Bernstein Be- Bernstein Bears thing. Mind blowing. Yeah. Right. It's crazy. What the fuck? And I, I was like, maybe it's just one of them that he does it. No. Every time he says crocodile rockin', and I don't, I don't know if. The only explanation I could think of is maybe with some remaster or something over the years, this new one, and, uh, it's, it's more clear that he says Crocodile Rocking and the vocals are maybe muddier in whatever version we heard when we I were swear, young. I swear, like, in my head, it's Cry Rocking. Same. Everybody. Yeah. So that's a little thing that just blew my mind. My number three, um, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Okay. I'm thinking, like, when it gets to the top three... It's really like nut cutting time. That's the you're only hearing three more Elton John songs the rest of your life, and it's it stinks with Elton John doing a top five because there's so many songs that you would consider like 100 out of 100. Yeah, and this one and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is like yeah, well that's like the Elton John song, but you know what? I could still hear that song a million times. There, there's only one song that I would be like. Are you kidding me if you didn't include it in your top five? And I mean, and we'll get to it. But uh, number two for me, your song. Your song, excellent. I will tell you, 
We're going to do some suspense. I've still got two more to go. Your song didn't make my top five. All right. All right. And that's great. And that, yeah. And it, so it, it, the song's it, unbelievable. I, I, I wouldn't say... Perfect. But I wouldn't say, like, are you kidding me? You didn't put that in your top five just because there's so many other good Elton John I think songs. The, right. There's a million are you kidding me. I mean, the, just beautiful, beautiful lyrics. Some of uh, Bernie's best work. In Rocket Man, I love that scene, too, where he's sitting down at the oh, family yeah. piano. And I just thought it was, uh, it was like a very cool... Uh, very cool scene because that was like when his family figured out they're like, wow, he's fucking amazing. Yeah, and I, I you didn't, I, you turn your brain off for the like, wait a second, this song came way later or whatever. Like, yeah, again, I don't care. It shows how li- how little this is not an a detail oriented movie. And if right. you go in there thinking about details, then uh, that's your problem. Yeah, your song, just beautiful, beautiful song. Um, my number two. Uh, Funeral for a Friend slash Love Lies Bleeding. I think that Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is the best sequenced album ever. And that one leads it off. Just an 11 minute, six second triumph. So damn long. Uh, been yeah, fortunate- too long for me <laughs> to put it in the top five. Been fortunate enough to see Elton uh, a couple times. He'll open with it. And it's. I love a song where the lyrics, the words don't come in. Until six minutes in, it's absurd. It's so good though. Like I, I have you have you listened to that song yes. a lot? Yeah, it's a Benny Big Balls move. Right, exactly. You could. I feel like you even for a long song, like you don't skip it though, right? No, I it's, mean, but but you have to. But it's like a, it's not a chore to listen to, but you have to like. You, you have to like be like, I'm going show. to listen to this song exactly, and I would do that a lot. Um, when I I used to work uh, more set early hours where i'd get up in the morning make breakfast and then go to work and i'd always put on either a record or an episode of a tv show or something and That's... if i didn't have enough time i would put on goodbye elbrick road the album and just listen to funeral for a friend love lies bleeding 11 minutes six seconds in out and it's I, no song like touches every part of me like that song i love it so much um I didn't get to put uh, Philadelphia Freedom on this on this list, uh, but what I love about a lot of Elton John songs are the backup vocals. He would uh, they'd record the songs, and then at night he would either go out partying or he would go to bed or something, and his band would stay in the studio, get high, and just work on uh, the background vocals. And some of the songs, the two that stand out to me are "Funeral for Friend," "Love Lies Bleeding." Um, or I guess the Love Lies Bleeding section of the song, and Philadelphia Freedom. They're just so creative, and you can tell when you find out later, like, this was done by high people goofing around. It's amazing. Second verse of uh, Love Lies Bleeding, it has the, I wonder if those changes left a scar on you. And then there's a huge harmony, the, ah, and they're doing all that shit. And then it goes from huge harmonies on Oz to unison, woo. Which is such a 70s thing. You could see them. You can just imagine them with like the headphones only on one ear doing like, woo. And I just always imagine that. That song has great backup vocals. And also uh, second uh, verse of Philadelphia Freedom. So great. Great, great backup vocal song. All right. Number one. For me, it's Tiny Dancer. That's the Elton John song for me. How much has your appreciation grown for Tiny Dancer from the, from the Mist Man? The crazy thing is, not one bit. That was already not your one, one bit. It wow. was already my number one. Uh, it was forever my number one after seeing Almost Famous. Like uh, Almost Famous made that song just completely iconic in my mind. There were 
two uh, perfect sing-along songs. And I'm saying, like, higher than I Want to Dance with Somebody, higher than some of the, uh, the stupid Don't Stop Believing. That's, that's been too overdone, unfortunately. Um, but I've always thought the two perfect sing-along songs are Tiny Dancer and I Believe I Can Fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he covered both there of them. Is <laughs> one, there is one perfect sing-along song now because we don't say that that's anymore. That's true. That's uh, true. What, is, but we can say that, uh, that Father John Misty's I Believe I Can that, Fly. Whoa. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Wow. He covered what both a dummy of them. I am. <laughs> That's crazy. I never made that association. Yeah. And I've always, uh, I, I, I think I've told this story. After my sister's wedding, we were all on a school bus uh, going back to the hotel, and the guy, the school bus had like the little uh, walkie talkie thing. Walkie talkie thing. And I was like, hey, can I see that? And I put on I Believe I Can Fly and played it into that. And the whole bus was going nuts screaming i believe i can fly uh it should feel like it the, the what speaks to how good tiny dancer is that we should be so sick of it by now it should be the right. it should be the don't stop believing we should everybody approaches that with like the ah really but we're not and we're I never going to be never had that feeling right that's such a good point it's right it, what what sing-alongs don't get tiresome at some point? Right. Like, even I, I believe, when you hear, I, I want to dance with somebody. You're not always in the mood, right? And like every time, every single time I hear the first couple of notes of Tiny Dancer, it's just like I everything lights up inside me. Hell yeah! A plus pick. Uh, Do we wait? We we did this. We did. None of us had any repeats. We did our top fives. And we're 10 songs total because my number one, Someone Saved My Life Tonight. Okay. Uh, just That's a, a wild number one. That's an unexpected number one. It's, uh, it's one, of my, one of my favorites. I would, Elton John is near and dear to my heart for a million reasons because he's the best and he's near and dear to all of our hearts. But whenever I would make the drive to and from college, for some reason, I would always listen to Elton John. And I love Someone Saved My Life Tonight. I heard, so I've, I've heard these songs... A million times enough that I know every, I've, I've noticed every little thing that that you can notice. The sound of the regular piano with some electric piano lightly dusted over it, so amazing. The harmonies are great. The it's got the dramatic "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me" stuff with the dun 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 dun. dun, dun. So just a, an amazing, perfect song and uh, a fun moment in my life was out doing karaoke with some pals. Uh, it was winding down. It, all the kind of cool, fun stuff had happened. And then Patrick and I signed up to do Someone Saved My Life Tonight. I'd never done that song karaoke before. Who does that song karaoke? Right. <laughs> and Patrick and I, I don't think either of us were drunk, just went nuts on it. I don't know if anybody was even left in the bar by the time <laughs> it ended. But it was when I think of Patrick, I think of a lot of great things because he's the best. But that is... Every now and then we'll be like, hey, remember that song? We'll be saying, uh, someone saved my life tonight. I uh, absolutely love that song. Let's my honorable get into mentions. Some honorable mentions. Uh, I have Don't Let uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Can You Feel the Love Tonight? 90s Elton, man. 90s Elton did not, did not mess not be around. Stopped. Do you know the song, uh, The One? That's going to be an honorable mention for mine. It's certainly not one of my top like 50 Elton Johns, but uh, you'd know it. The. Uh, it's uh, when stars collide like you and I, the shadows yep, yep, yeah. black the wow. sun. 
I haven't thought about that song in forever. I I went through 90s Elton John yesterday. Wow. Dude, you wanna, hold on. I totally forgot about that song. Hold on. Let's this is a long episode, folks. Sorry. Shut up. You want you <laughs> people ask for a 90-minute episode. I don't know. We, I will say we just got a we just got our first uh the the uh episode is officially late tweet. Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. Elton this was this was 1992. It was probably his like 25th album, something like that. Yeah, this song rules. When I walked in Baby, you're the one. Um, when I walked into work the other day, I was singing this song, and uh, we all have uh, secret handshakes at, at work. By, cool, man. By we all, I have secret handshakes with three different people, and uh, mine with Tom Giles is one of us goes to, like, puts the hand up or goes for a dap or something, and then we just hug each other <laughs> instead. And I, I walked into work, I was singing it. Tom goes for a high five, so I walked in. And I was like, "When stars collide, like you and I, it was the best." Oh man, uh, my it's a good pick. That's well, a. I didn't expect to talk about that song. That, I, I tried to do that for honorable mentions because, I mean, the, the ones that just barely missed the cut for me are the regulars: Philadelphia Freedom. Um, so it's Daniel basically like a most Levon. underrated pick, right? Just a couple of in like these weren't deep cuts. I mean, the one was a that was a that was a hit. Right. People forget that about Elton. I'm glad you brought up Can You Feel the Love Tonight. He was still topping charts in 1992, 1993, 1994, 95, which I suppose Billy Joel still was. Uh, River of Dreams was 93. But by then, he was so right. mailing it in and but, quitting. But, like, yeah, so in my lifetime, I remember Elton John being a star. And I was born in 1991. And. Like I remember him being a star, and I also remember coming up and and coming to the realization that I missed like eighty percent of Elton John, yeah. and that like he was a massive star before I even knew who he was. Yeah, I give my mom a lot of credit for the way she raised me. At no point in my life did I ever think that Billy Joel was lame or that like Elton John was like fartsy, frumpy, whatever. Just a couple of dumb piano guys. I have always thought. Elton John was the friggin' coolest. Well, I, I didn't. And, like, I, I didn't not think that he was, like... I didn't think that he was lame, but I didn't realize that he was as fucking He's cool like, as he He's was. He's one of those old He's guys. an old guy, and, I, and then I had to come to the realization that, like, I have a lot of Elton John to catch up on because he fucking rules and has ruled for a long time. Should we... You, have you ever seen him? No. Damn it. Let, should, should we go? Is he done? I thought he's that he doing was... A, he's doing uh, his farewell tour, and okay. I made the executive decision that I'm not going to go um, because don't want to spend the money, and I've seen him enough times. But I want to see him with you now. Okay. let's. I'm down. I'm down. Let's do okay, it. Okay. He's coming back in October. We'll get the tickets. And By the way, uh, I think we're going to Bonnie Bear in October. I can't decide. Uh, we... Um, because we can live the sweet life. Cannot believe that he's playing at the Garden. I know. Just cannot believe it. We could do sweet life. We could try to get uh, our tickets on sale yet. I think so, yeah. Jeff said that he just got his. By the way, happy birthday, Jeff. Oh, yes. Today is Jeff's birthday. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, oh, shoot. This is birthday month. It is. This is birthday month we for all for of us. We years to do this, and then we forgot to, and then Pardon My Take did it, and uh, we just gave up on it. But what were we gonna do? It was gonna be like a pools, like a lot of pools. Yes, we were gonna do like uh, like, the like summer of birthday birthdays. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We have some inconsequential birthdays coming up. What are you? Twenty nine? Twenty eight? You're gonna be twenty eight? Yeah. 
Nice. I'm going to be 31. Ooh. That is the Yikes. ultimate. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, That's about done for me on Elton John. What else you got? Yeah, I'll, I'll give uh, Gray Seal a little bit of a shout out for okay. an honorable mention. And... I, I, I guess I, I will mention Elton John is one of the uh, one of the only greatest hits albums that I own. Ah, because we There's so I th- much we share thirty three uh, albums. We share uh, thoughts on greatest hits albums. It's just like a lazy way to consuming music, and, right. and you shouldn't own them for most things. But Elton John, I felt great about it because right. just there's so much on there. If you're like eh, on them, like. Uh, Hollow Notes is a group where I understand a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just get the greatest hits, whatever. That's fine. But man, like you go through some, you go through like Billy Joel's albums, and there's not much fat on, right. on that. You want to you sink your teeth into them. But yeah, when a guy's put out 33 albums, whatever Elton's put out, cra- again, crazy to me that in the same year, that's like some Beatles-esque shit. That's some Prince-esque shit that in the same year, he put out two of his like seminal albums. That guy, just ridiculous. The best. Yeah, I'm glad we've decided. Uh, Elton John, I'll, uh, I'll work on the tickets uh, today or whatever, in a couple months. Who cares? <laughs> um, let's get to Ma, which immediately was deemed by everyone who saw it. Bruntouchables. I thought it, like, two-thirds of the way through the movie, perfect brunch movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Ridiculous, oh, yeah. absurd movie. You can laugh with it. You can laugh at it. Uh, there is the shocking casting. I, just, I don't understand. <laughs> like this Octavia be... Spencer doesn't. I don't think she just stars in this movie. I think she like. Uh, I don't. She got whether she it's an a hand EP in it. or something. Yeah, she was like behind this movie. Well, that's the only way that it makes sense that she's the lead role in this movie because she is so far above doing this movie. But by the way, she was great in it. She, she like her performance was really good. Yes, that's what makes it so perplexing. So this was a ridiculous, ridiculous she, movie. She wasted. A, can I say that she wasted a performance on this movie? Here's the thing, though. I don't think that Octavia Spencer is capable. Of, she could have mailed it in. And I wouldn't know. She's right. inca- we've, we've never seen Octavia Spencer's floor. I think that her floor is like a 97. And she was like a, still like a 97 in this. You're right. Uh, we should mention two, two Academy Award winning actresses yes. in this movie. Her and Allison Janney. Which when is- Allison Janney came in this movie in like a bit role, yes. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Which is why the comparison I make is Don John. The two A-listers at uh, I don't know if Allison Janney's quite A-list, but like two, she's actors an Academy Award-winning like, actress. The top of their fame yeah. decide, hey, let's do this absolutely absurd movie. Actually, Don John three because it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, ScarJo, ScarJo, and uh, the actress who I can never remember her name. This has plagued me cool. my entire life. Clearly at the top of her game, then. I can never remember her name, and she's one of my favorite actresses. Uh, still Alice. Uh, uh, Wears a dress better than anybody? Yeah. Um, Why can't I ever think of her name? Sh- Julianne like, Moore. Julianne Moore. I'm going to go to like a doctor about this. I can never think of Julianne Brie Larson's in that movie, too. In uh, Don John? Yeah, apparently. What is wrong? With, oh, she's the little sister. Okay. What is wrong with people that they all did that terrible movie? They were all like, hey, we're doing really well. Let's do a weird movie about masturbating. 
Also, the uh, the the mother in Ma was like a star back in the day. Oh, it's what's her face. Uh, um, uh, Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis. Yeah. yeah, she was in everything. She was yeah. in every comedy. Oh yeah. Um, I'm really sorry. Old school. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I, I mean, a ridiculous movie. I I loved it. Just like I would highly recommend just going for um, just the the spectacle of it. Yes. And I will tell you, it was the best theater going experience that I've had in a long time. Just because really the crowd in attendance. Was all on board of just like absolutely making fun laughing? of this movie. Yes, they were laughing at the jokes. We were laughing. They were laughing at the jokes. They were mo- openly mocking uh, some of the stupider things on screen, like pointing and laughing and not being quiet or subtle about oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just a party in there. It was oh, so man, much fun. So we, we had a couple. There was one girl that was like, <laughs> oh, come on. She no, would say, she's like, come on. Come there's on. a scene where, where uh, Ma runs over a character with her car, which oh, yeah. is like a smokes her. <laughs> yeah. Just a crazy over-the-top death scene. Um, And when that happened, there was just a guy in my theater who was like, Ha! Are you kidding? (laughs) This movie... So this movie is uh, 100 minutes, I believe, right? Uh, Sure. Yeah, it's like an hour and a half, I think. Like a little more than an hour and a half. And the first hour and ten, I would say is weird and you're kind of waiting for a reveal and for stuff to start happening and boy once the reveal comes and once the stuff starts happening buckle up because it is not slowing down kellen was watching it and he tweeted like an hour into ma and what the hell am i watching and i was like boy you are about to find out (laughs) (laughs) i had that feeling about 10 minutes into the movie about 10 or 15 into the... And it never minutes. quells, and it never subsides until no. it gets to the well, last part. I, this is going to be one of those movies that we... They're, we're going to be talking spoiler alerts. alerts oh, because, because you just can't do it. And, and I'm sure that a lot of people who are listening to this podcast don't plan on seeing Ma. Hmm. And they're coming for the spoilers. They're coming to hear us take uh, our takes on it. It's just one of those movies. Okay, short summary. Uh, a group of high schoolers ask... A woman to buy them alcohol. She does, and then she start. She keeps buying them alcohol and lets them party in her basement. And then, but something is up with this woman. Yes, what's going on? And there's something maybe going on with the families. And you're like, this is all tied together. But how is it? And As then you're waiting for a huge reveal, and it is the most shocking. It's the most shocking thing on which to base a movie I've ever seen. Yes. Would you agree? <laughs> yes, it's ridiculous. Can we... Uh, Wait, hold on. Look, okay. uh, so the, 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 the first point where they realize, hey, something must, might be up with this lady who invited us to her house, a grown adult who wants high schoolers partying in her basement. The first point where they realize, hey, something might be up with this lady is when she forces one of the children to get naked at, at gunpoint. gunpoint. She pulls a gun on them like immediately. Yes. That's what I said. Like 15 minutes into the movie, she forces a teenage kid to get naked at gunpoint and then is like, ha, gotcha. Just and kidding. all the friends are like, ha, oh, good joke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, she lures them into her basement. With such ease. Oh, yeah. She, all she does is say, like, hey, you want to come in the basement? And they're like, yes. Like, like those kids are, are degenerate alcoholics at, like, 16 or 17 years old because they are just going into strangers' basements just so that they can get drunk. Yeah. So she is uh, 
Once she deals with them for the first time, she starts to look them up on Facebook. She starts to do a little social media stalking. And there is a great scene that I cannot wait to turn into a meme. I don't know if we have to wait for the movie to come out. If we had to go back to the movie theater, take a picture of the screen. But uh, they're all talking about their plans for the weekend at school. And around the corner, Ma is oh, standing there listening yes. and grinning. And the screen the, the is literally shot. split in, yes. in half. Left side, Ma listening in and grinning. Right side, <laughs> Kids standing around talking. I cannot wait to make that a thing where you just put in something else on the right side, or like a, or like a, a you could put a, a screen grab of a tweet there. You could put anything. That is for sure going to be it's a, a good meme. idea. And it happens later in the movie too. Ma is talking to Juliet Lewis, yes. and the daughter Maggie is standing around the corner. It's a lot listening, of listening behind concerned. walls. Huge listening around corner yeah. movie. Um, so let's see. Yeah, she pulls a gun on him, uh, but I, I will say he was being very weird leading up to the gun that being pulled. Sucks. He was being so odd. He was like, hey, "Wait, Ma, what are you not cool? Because if you're not cool, you're lame." And it's a character I've I've never seen anybody behave like that, especially in a stranger old woman he's just met. <laughs> yes, and, most uh, unbelievable character I've ever seen in my life, including Ma. His name is perfect both in the movie and is in it real Chad? life. Chaz. Oh, Chaz. Chaz in the movie and in real life, Johnny Paolo. Ah, oh, man. So, uh, I also had to look it up. The uh, the main character, the actress, the young girl, mm-hmm. what's, uh, Maggie. Yeah. Very hot. She, well, she was clearly an adult. 22. Like 20, 25? 22. What? Okay. Close enough. Yeah. Pr- She's very girl. hot. Pretty girl. N- not, not creepy enough uh, to overshadow Ma wanting to have sex with all the teenagers in this movie. Yes. Ma is uh, Ma does a lot of advances on yes. them. Um, it was like, uh, oh, Ma also does a uh, walkaway face change, which if you listen to this podcast, I'm a huge fan of. She tells them all that she has cancer. And she, so she's been being crazy. She's been drugging them. She's been stealing their stuff. They're and canc- they're like, they canceled her. They, canc- and, and they, like, they canceled her. They're like, just delete Ma from your phone. She's too crazy. Right. She's crazy. Uh, call, call me old-fashioned. I hate being drugged uh, and getting hate being my dr- stuff <laughs> stolen. Let's not hang out with her anymore. Hate being drugged, getting my stuff stolen. Hate being forced to get naked at gunpoint. Right. Hate when uh, this adult woman basically like creeps in on my relationship and is staring at me and then some point enough's enough yes so uh she calls them all together she says i'm very sorry can we all meet there's something i have to tell you and she tells them that she has cancer really ma does a lot of terrible things in this movie that's probably the worst playing the fake i have cancer card that would be like a headline in its own right and that's just like an afterthought in this movie with some of the stuff that's pulled well yeah i was gonna say probably the worst but she also commits murder right after she tells them that, she walks away, She and she's been crying, and she tells them that, as she walks away, total face change into serious. Like they got him. Great shot. Yeah. You know, for, for, uh, for just, I, I don't want to call this movie terrible, because, like, I know it was. It for sure is terrible, but it's But a, I don't want to discredit it from being a ride. So I, I, I've described it already as hilarious and terrible. Yeah, that, that's a good way of putting it. Um, Very glad I saw it. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite character in this movie is the girl who's just passed out all the time and like comes to consciousness and then immediately goes back to being passed out. She uh, Right. She doesn't drink, so she goes to parties and she lies down on the couch so nobody pressures her into drinking. Not a bad move. <laughs> I love it. To be honest. 
Maybe you're trying to watch the watching your your figure. Don't want to drink too much alcohol on a given weekend. You can just go out. You just got to pretend you passed out. And she has a really strong peak at the end of the movie in the final scene. Oh yeah, where uh, I don't want to spoil it, but she uh, is pretending to be pa- or she is passed out, and then she comes to and then pretends to be passed out. Yeah, it's really great. Um, let's get to the twist and why she's doing this, why she wants to hang out with them, what the relation is to uh, the, the kids' families. It's building up towards something, and you don't quite know what it is. Something A lot of flashbacks. There's the some flashbacks. Intermittent flashbacks. Here and there, and one by one, you realize, like, okay, this person is this grown-up person. This young person was this grown-up person. Uh what had happened was it's a revenge tale. A bunch of uh, kids tricked her into giving a blowjob to uh, a stranger, the wrong person. Yes, yeah. It's uh, this entire ma goes crazy because she was she once gave a blowjob, which is on one hand you're like that is like people should have been arrested for that. That is it's, a it's a it's a horrific thing to do to somebody. That that is like a potential life ruining thing. But just the fact that the build-up to this very, very serious thing and the punchline was blowjob. like, oh, <laughs> yes. I should have known with this stupid like, movie. It's a, it was about a blowjob. That's for sure a traumatic thing that uh, would stick with somebody for the rest of their lives and, and, and maybe have like some deep-rooted personal trust issues or uh, rom- romantic issues. But the fact but, that it led to, but, like, like, I'm going to kill go, all she, of their kids when they grow up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That it's like, it drove this person to be a murderer and not only, like, murder the people that did it to her, but murder children that have nothing to do with it. Including uh, her own daughter. There's no explanation there. No, no. Oh, and actually, uh, there, there is. She doesn't let her daughter go to school. She tells her that she's sick. Uh, she sedates her a lot. To make her daughter think that she's sick and that she belongs unwell. in a wheelchair. She belongs in a wheelchair. As I say this now, uh, she's got some sort of fear of school and high schoolers, and she doesn't want. She's guarding her uh, child from going through something like that. But uh, she also just kills other people that have nothing to do with it. She oh, kills yeah. her boss, Alice and Janney. Uh, now you might ask. Why does she kill her boss? What would lead her to kill her boss? Uh, part of it is she is the worst employee yes. ever. She's a vet, and she doesn't do anything for the animals. She, she doesn't does not prep do, them. Well, she doesn't shave them. She's on her phone the whole time. She is as awful an employee as has ever been portrayed in film. Yes, and Alice and Janney, uh, very, in the first scene that they have together, she just lets her go early. Like She's like, just go home. You're on your phone all the time. Just go home. I don't need you. Uh, yeah. And so that just tells you the worst employee ever. And and God bless Allison Janney. She did not deserve her fate, both in real life, being in this movie, and in the movie where she just gets killed brutally. Allison Janney was uh, one of the people who maybe could have uh, seen some signs that something's up with Ma. Uh, there were other characters, let's call them all of the main characters, <laughs> yes. that could have noticed, or that did notice as the movie was going on, Ma is an unstable person, a violent person, a dangerous person. So what are we going to do about this? If you like scenes in which someone says to a criminal, if you don't quit doing this, I'm going to do what I should have already, what I should currently be doing, which is <laughs> contacting the police. There are so many scenes, the kids, the parents, there's one where uh, the, one of the parents meets with her, gets in her face. I loved and he's that like, scene. I should have called the police by now. 
but for some reason I haven't. If you don't knock this off, I'm going to give you one say- more warning, <laughs> and then I'm going to call. But no, no, he, he threatens to kill her. He no, says, I'll yeah, kill you. No, he said, I'll, I'll take care of it myself. So the police is just not an I option for this I am promising you, no matter what you do, I am not coming to the, going to the police. <laughs> you got it? So this is going to shock you. The next time they see each other is when Ma lures him there to kill him. Yes. Uh, I, I love the fact. Uh, that scene was great. I, I did not see the twist coming because everybody in this movie is so fucking stupid. They are so That like rough. when one guy was actually smart and was like, yo, I know what's going on here and something's fucked up. Uh, I was shocked. Just absolutely perplexed that somebody was smart enough to figure out that, hey, maybe Ma has some issues. Yeah. Uh, he notices it. The kids notice it. Juliet Lewis notice it, notices it. And there's just no uh, effort at any point. So much so that uh, when Ma lures all the kids to the house for the big killing that she's going to do on all of them, the mother, Juliet Lewis, realizes that this is going on. So she gets on her phone and she calls not a the coworker. police. <laughs> yes. The police are so underworked in this town. This I mean people who are like, "Hey, uh the po- we shouldn't have police, we should govern ourselves." This is a movie you might want to check out. This is what happens when the police is never involved in anything. To be fair, there are two police scenes in this movie. The first one results in the police officer not doing his job because he doesn't like the kid's dad he's like i played football with your dad in high school right a real dick so oh I'm that's not, right it's the only time the police. Yes. so i'm not gonna bust you and then maybe he gives uh, up on the police then the second time the police are called dead just yes. shot dead immediately oh, so zero percent right. effectiveness from the police in this movie so that explains it she does specific things to the kids and the parents uh because of things that she has in her brain such as uh, the guy that was the ringleader of the blowjob trick, yes. she says she kills, um, or she doesn't kill, she takes blood from Maggie, the main character's dog, uh, <laughs> yeah. slits the father's, slits the ringleader of the blowjob's wrists, lets him bleed out while pumping dog blood into him because she says, <laughs> you're, you're, a you're a dog. And I was like, you haven't been saying that the whole movie. You're just forcing this because you want this like walk off. Well, you are just a dog thing. So she's doing specific things to these kids because of certain connections that she has. Also, uh, no character in a movie has ever looked less like his flashback character than this dad and the, the little kid that plays him. Right. That guy. He's, that guy's in stuff, by the way. I forget yeah. what he's in. Uh, he's in a lot of stuff. He's very, very handsome. Super handsome. Very like rugged. Uh, he was in, um, you know who he was in? The girl on the train. Oh really? He's he, one of, he was like the potentially abusive husband. Oh, so uh, he looks like a guy who could be a bad guy. Oh yeah, um, uh, we get to see his flaccid dick in this movie. Oh right, so she's doing stuff to them based on what, uh, how she was wronged or how they wronged her in the past. Uh, but there's a kid in their group who I don't think has any connect. Whose parents I don't think have any connection to them. And the specific thing that she does to him is she paints his face white because he's black so she just randomly does like a hate crime well she's like there's only room for one of us in this crew there's only room for one token black guy i'm like whoa what are you doing well i i wrote down in my notes i said that kid got off super easy because she doesn't kill him every every other one of the super mean to some kid with whom she has no connection right but get but i mean 
in comparison, relative to what happens to his friends, one of the girls gets her lips sewn shut. Yeah. One of the kids literally gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. Another one gets an, a hot iron to the chest that's right. going to scar for life. Uh, and then... What's the other a, one's gonna. The last one's gonna be hanged. The last one's going to be hanged. So, relatively speaking, getting a little pain on your face, not the worst. I would say it, it's it's in the bottom two, not too far behind uh, the the lips though. The lips she definitely got off easy. What? Compared to she got her lips sewn shut. We can't snip them. Can't get plastic surgery. That's a super easy fix. Plastic surgery for what? You, you probably get scars. Plastic. So you get plastic surgery. New lips. No, she didn't sew through the lips. She, she sewed, sewed above the lips, yeah. I guess. Right, she sewed her lips shut by. Yeah, you, you, you can just fleece that she, out. She'll grow a mustache. She'll be right. fine. Then you can just scrub that right out. The other one, like if if the paint got in the eyes or if the paint got in the mouth, that could have killed him. You, you know that it was lead-based paint. Yes, she took it out of a can. It's not necessarily. You can eat some paint. What? She working with Crayola? You think? Yeah. I don't think so. That 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 was some house paint. All right. Well, I mean, I think that if I had to pick, oh, he he definitely got the easiest of them. Yes. But I'm saying he did, did absolutely nothing to her, and he was really nice to her. None of them really did anything to her. Ah, uh, that girl was pretty. The girl mean. was the rude. other girl was uh, very very rude. She was rude, but you know what? She wasn't like on the scale of like rudeness in teenage kid movies. Yeah, pretty 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 polite. What did you think of some of the party scenes? Because she would throw parties with them, and she would play music for them, such as you know. Like what current seventeen or sixteen year olds? That's how old they are. What current sixteen year olds like? Funky Town. Yes. <laughs> big Dan. Big party scene set to Funky Town. Yeah. Uh, uh, Octavia Spencer for sure had the ox cord. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, well, oh, she does a lot of things with. Uh, she does a lot of things with pictures. She prints out pictures. Of Didn't the get kids, that. Puts them, inserts her into them, and everything like. This is a person who does not have Photoshop. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, no Photoshop. She cuts them out, pastes them. Terrible, terrible cut and paste jobs, too, by the way. And and when they, they – at one point, they infiltrate the house and go into her bedroom, and there's just pictures all over the bedroom, hmm. just completely on the mirror, on the bureau, on the bed, just pictures of these children, which I don't know how she gets them. <laughs> I know. And, and then prints them. That's so weird. And prints them they, and like, like leaves them scattered things. all over her bedroom. And at that point, the kids are not like, wow, hmm. like we should continue to hang around this person. Who is your favorite character in this movie? Again, I think it's the, the girl who passes out. Yeah, she's a, she's a good contender. My favorite, uh, other woman getting a pedicure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> There's just like a random spat at a pedicure place, and uh, that lady was and real this sassy. Really, this is really as Ma is ramping up the, I am a uh, homicidal I'm a bad, person. I'm a, I'm a bad bitch. I'm someone who's going to kill people. Yes. And there is this woman in the pedicure place who, for some reason, is really mean to Ma. They get in a little spat, and then the woman says to her, in a way I've never heard these two words said, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch! I've never. It's like I've heard you bish. I've heard like you bitch. You've heard. You've heard that. I, I. I've said this on the podcast. I'm very weird with that word. I don't like that word for some reason. Um, for some reason, it's a bad word. Uh, but the way she says "you bitch," just like no inflection on it. Just like I think you are a bitch. That that was uh that got a hearty laugh from the theater. Great, oh, huge laugh out loud from me. Great performance. Uh, I think the most tense moment of the movie. 
came when there was the threat, the, the impending threat of Octavia Spencer chopping off a dick. Oh, yeah. The, the whole theater was on pins and needles waiting for her to, to cut off the dick. And, like, she was such a wild card in that movie that it was not out of the question. I will say... Didn't, didn't ultimately happen, but, oh, boy, everybody was, was really tense. Uh, I have uh, never been a fart joke person, never been a poop joke person. Um, really not, like, a huge sex joke person because sex is already... A, a joke, joke for you? Yes, yeah. right. Sex. I I already view sex as a, a a jokey thing, but I do like if there's dick violence going on, <laughs> that gets my attention. Uh, it gets my attention, especially when you include the dick. Like right. that would not have been as 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 effective had they not shown Octavia Spencer just grabbing that all flaccid penis and <laughs> with put a knife up to it. It was really. Really explicit. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel if I... Like, was he relieved that he immediately goes from thinking his dick might get cut off to, okay, she's just going to slip my wrist and have me bleed out? Yeah, I think that's, like, the, the, the more appealing alternative there. I would agree. I can't even... I think... Uh, I was watching... I'm rewatching The Sopranos, and uh, these kids go into a crack house, and they shoot it up, and I'm pretty sure they shoot a guy in the dick and oh yeah i'm like oh my god the first shot goes into the dick did you yeah yeah it does yeah and he's like limby they're they're helping him off and the guy's like i told you crack is bad or something like that (laughs) just horrifying also as i'm watching sopranos i made this point uh yesterday on twitter they do so many bad things in that movie but for some reason the the other old women being mean to paulie's mom in the nursing home, cut so deep. I'm like, man, I could be because, so... and then, then you know what the reason is is because like if you're in a nursing home, you want the rest of your days to be as as good as possible because right, they're they're already going to be pretty bad, <laughs> right? They're going to be bad, and you're going to die soon. So if the other people, if you're getting bullied yeah. in a nursing home, that's a terrible situation. In the worst place, yeah. yeah. It's like just just take it, just take me already. Uh, any other thoughts on Ma? Just. Uh, Okay, Again, just just the most shocking reveal, just the most shocking basis for a movie I've ever found. Yeah, and like just so many things that I didn't fully comprehend, but didn't want to expend enough energy trying to wrap my head around them. I was just kind of completely taking this movie at face value, right? And it was just a, a, a complete piece of shit that was totally worth my time. I mean, and, and we've seen we've seen the Bye Bye Man, right? Like we've seen. We've seen bad movies that are hilariously bad, but also you don't want to see them again. That's what I would say The Bye Bye Man is. That was like the, the worst use of time ever. I would uh, watch this movie again. I would watch... I, I could do like yearly screenings of Ma, like The Disaster Artist. Yes. Except instead of having to watch a bunch of terrible actors, I'm legitimately watching good actors <laughs> make the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is that just like... Not how did this movie get made, because a lot of shitty movie gets made, but like how did this movie get such strong, right. prominent yes. backing? Right. Well, you th- that's why it's unique. You get to see a bad movie, because we like watching bad movies and talking about them, but this was a bad movie that like one of our favorite people made. We get to right. watch a bad movie. Not only do you and, get to watch a bad movie and laugh along at it, you're watching Octavia Spencer just run shit. Right, and it's, and it's not... And it's not like a case of something going wrong along the way mm-hmm. this movie had to be just as ridiculous on paper 
Yes. So like the script, you had, you could have read the script and been like, you can't make this movie. They were <laughs> you can't do this. Do you think it was tongue in cheek enough that they knew that they were making a ridiculous movie? I th- maybe, I, I but, partially. but between Chaz's character, the other girl's character, uh, and again, just the premise that it's about right. Someone had to. But that's give what a makes bad, it so confusing. Is that uh, you have two Academy Award winning actresses. They don't need to be doing this ridiculous movie. And I'm so grateful for, for them that they did. I am too. Like, I, thank you so much. You gave us content. Um, one last bit of content. Uh, my friend in a group text brought this up. And this is a crazy phenomenon. You, you may have seen it. I was going to text you about it, but I figured I'd say it for the podcast. My friend asked uh, in a group text, hey, conversation we're currently having. Assuming there's no meat in either... And it's just cheese, the pasta, and the sauce, and whatever else is in it. What's be- what? Which do you prefer, lasagna or baked ziti? The group text, I think, was 50-50. And we were both going back and forth. And we all agreed, whichever one we preferred, we just barely had a preference. It was like 51-49 in our brain. So I put a poll out on Twitter with over... Like, like 2,000 votes With over something. a couple thousand votes, 50-50 crazy that's that's extremely hard where yeah where do you fall uh for me it's somewhat easy and i i you're gonna go bake ziti i'm gonna go bake ziti because when i'm going when i'm doing pasta when i'm doing um you know those sort of things on the italian italian spectrum food maybe is that what that would be called yeah uh i don't necessarily need meat i think that it can add uh add to the equation Mm. but you can have a great bowl of pasta without meat somebody made that point they said if it's no meat then baked ziti because baked ziti without meat is still a hundred out of a hundred right whereas i mean lasagna without meat is still it can be a hundred out of a hundred but like i think that meat but lasagna adds, with meat is probably better than baked ziti without meat or baked ziti. like if both have meat i'm probably going lasagna probably if both yes. are meatless i'm probably going baked ziti yeah i i just think that Without meat, you're you're probably sacrificing more on the lasagna than you are on the ziti. Uh, and here's, I barely I barely gave the edge to lasagna, um, but I also considered baked ziti might be one of the best. Eat while you're reheating. Cold, eat cold yes. while you're reheating it. Yes, food ever. As Hell you're yeah. reheating baked ziti in the microwave, you still have. Like three uh, of the uh, whatever spoon you use to scoop, you still have like three spoonfuls cold as you're reheating the rest of it. Yes. And then by the time it's ready, you've already had a ton of baked ziti, but it didn't count because your food hadn't heated up. Also, there's there's not much more satisfying experience than like cutting through a baked ziti or oh. like breaking mm-hmm. the the, oh, the yeah. shell of a baked ziti of a baked ziti and then like eating it where. Part of it's like crunchy, and part of it is like the smooth sauce. Like, yeah, the experience of eating baked ziti, finish to end, is amazing. I will say though, like lasagna should also get finish some to love. End. Beginning to uh, end, <laughs> uh, lasagna should also get some love cold because when it's cold and the ricotta is kind of hardened, that is amazing. Well, I'm so I'm. I very badly need the Bruins to not go seven games uh, because I leave for a trip to Charleston next week, the day of game seven. And 
if the Bruins go seven games, then I'm going to have to push back my flight a day. And I don't want to do that because then I would miss the grocery store trip. And the, um, if I miss the grocery store trip, what's even, what's the, even point? the point? <laughs> I love it. Uh, but this conversation has got us thinking. We're like, we're going to have... The last batch party I went on, uh, someone brought some trays of lasagna. And we went out for every meal, but we still just had lasagna sitting around the house for whenever. And we're going to do that. We're going to have just some cold ziti or lasagna sitting around. It's going to be the best thing in the world. Can't wait. Uh, also, uh, happy Pride, everybody. Happy Pride. Can't wait for the p- uh, parade this weekend. It's going to be a blast. If you, uh, uh, if you wanna, we're going to be there. So don't, if you wanna, don't know if you want to meet up. It, no, if you want to meet up. I was going to say we're going to be there. So if you want to meet up, too bad. We're gonna right, you want to meet up, find some friends, <laughs> yeah. meet up with them. Uh, but yeah, have fun. Go. It's going to be great. I have no idea what to expect, but I've I'm very, very excited. Before. It's always fallen on... Uh, my birthday weekend, and I don't go out for my birthday. So, because I don't go out for my birthday, I just generally stay in the weekend of my birthday. Yeah. And as a result of that, I uh, don't do anything. Missed Pride, yes. right? I don't do anything, <laughs> so I've missed Pride. Uh, but this year, I am finally going to do it, and I'm very excited to see what I've missed. Also, Bon Bon Iver, Iver Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Uh, I'm on to you. We're listening to a song called "Hey Ma" in the week that we uh, that we talk about Ma. Hey. So stop trying to steal that clout.